Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is a modern approach to EDI with my friend, Jonathan Kish. How's it going, Jonathan? It's going really well. How are you, Joe? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, Jonathan and I are old friends and been on the podcast before, and I'm very excited to talk about this topic. And I know some of you are going, oh, my God, EDI. I'm not a techie. I don't know how this works. We'll cover the basics, but Jonathan and his company have some really interesting stuff going on, and I think it's really going to simplify some of the challenges uh, we've had with EDI since, I think, the 1800s. So, Jonathan, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction, Joe. So, like you said, I'm, I'm Jonathan Kish right now, the Vice President of Business Development at Orderful. So we're a modern EDI API. Before that, I, I spent the first 10 years of my career on the supply chain technology side, but mostly focused on direct to consumer. So selling right. to companies. Before you go there, what is, what'd you say the name of the company is? Orderful. And So that's orderful.com. Order. Okay. And where are you calling from? I am calling from Denver, Colorado. Ah, uh, you moved. You, you, I you moved. used to live in Seattle last time we talked. 150 episodes ago, I was I was in Seattle and I was a, a single man, but now married with a with a wife and dog and and in the Sunshine State, which is what what Sunshine State is Florida. <laughs> no, 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 that's what people think. We we get 300 beautiful days of, in, in of Colorado. Sunshine. Okay, very nice, very nice. Yeah, that's a it's a beautiful place. So anyway, what does Orderful do? Yeah, so. At the core, there's three main components of what we do. So at a high level, we reduce the time it takes to onboard trading partnerships by 80% because our solution is a modern REST-based scalable API that someone can actually do EDI integrations in a self-service manner without needing hundreds of millions of dollars in infrastructure or technology or domain knowledge to, to maintain on their own. Interesting. So I know this, and I, some of that sounded like uh, tech techno babble to me. But we'll come back to that in a minute. But they, the thing that it, that impresses me about what you said is the eighty percent reduction in time. Because I think we've all been, and you said trading partner. So whether you're a manufacturer, retailer, distributor, logistics company, I've been through that where you say, "Well, we just have to connect this, our systems." And that old EDI has to somehow connect with our new system. And we need to find somebody who can do that for us. And they won't be available for eight weeks. And then they'll take eight weeks or 10 weeks or five years to connect those systems. It seems like it's a forever super expensive and very difficult. And so when you called me, I don't know, a month ago, when we first started talking about this, I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I'm not a tech techno guy, but uh, I know I've been through enough projects where you just seem to stumble when it seems like we've made the deal. We're going to we're going to start working together and now we got to connect the systems and you bring in the tech guys and all of a sudden it becomes months long in integration. 
Yeah, I mean, well, what, you know, think if you're a manufacturer and you land a, a huge contract with Target or Walmart or you name the retailer, you should be celebrating. This should be like a moment of joy, right? Like this is revenue coming into your company, but but what happens is immediately you say, uh oh, right? I need to figure out a way to actually communicate. I got to I got to go down the hall and find the tech yep. guy and have him break the bad news to me because that's what he does. <laughs> Anyway, we'll come back to that. And again, I, guys, if you're st- if you're uh, if you're up for it, this is I think a really cool thing. But stick around because we will also cover some of the base the basics about EDI and API and why this why this problem still exists because everything else kind of connects with a click. You know, you go I walk into a strange place and my phone connects to the Wi Fi. Life has gotten very easy. The integrations we have and the connections we have are all like, boom, done. Yet when you say the word EDI and API, everyone goes, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> so anyway, Jonathan, a little bit about you. You started to talk about your career. But first, tell us, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? And give us some career highlights before you joined the Mighty Orderful. Yeah, yeah. So grew up in, in Buffalo, New York. So shout out to your Buffalo Bills All listeners. Right. Went to a school called SUNY Geneseo, uh, studied political science. But, you know, shortly shortly after that, realized I, I kind of have a passion for go-to-market business development sales. And then this logistics onion just peels back and back. And every time you think you know something, you know, you learn about another layer. Oh, by the way, I remember last time um, you, you were on my podcast it seems a few years ago. You told me that once, maybe it was offline, that you you gave a, a shot at being a comedian for a little while. Tell us about I that. I did. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's more distant as the years <laughs> go on. But you know, what, I, what I'll say is I was um, I was so good at, at being a comedian that now I'm the vice president of business. <laughs> well, I, I've had some other people on my podcast who said something similar. And I think it, do, it certainly doesn't hurt to have that personality going and and maybe you're not screwed up enough to be a, a, a good comedian like a career because it seems like every time you hear one of those guys talk they're like oh man it's got some problems going on <laughs> that, I'll, I'll tell myself i'll tell myself that that it's because i'm i'm uh, yeah not screwed up enough yep. that's good so after you left school would you what's what a few tell us a few jobs you did before you joined orderful and then why did you join orderful yeah. So like I was saying in the beginning, I, I feel like I've done everything on the supply chain and technology side. So, you know, selling door to door to small and medium businesses for UPS in the Midwest to eventually selling shipping software for the Octane, formerly stamps.com family of products. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. No. And that was, that was an, an amazing experience, right? Learned about APIs. That's a rocket uh, ship about- over there. Yeah, yeah, they they did really well. And then most recently was one of the business development leaders at Shippo from Series B to Series E and and was really proud of being one of the people who pushed us from more of an application-based, you know, UI-focused product to a platform API for technology companies. I'm not so sure what that means, but it sounds impressive, Jonathan. (laughs) So so when, I mean, you've had, you've done very well in your career. You had lots of options. Why did you join Orderful? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So really, it, it boiled down to two reasons. The first is because I, I, I've been so focused on direct-to-consumer, right? So, and specifically on the parcel side, you know, that last, 
that last year of having conversations with people who are trying to solve for direct to consumer e-commerce shipping, it became a little bit repetitive for me. And, and I needed a new challenge and something that was a blind spot in my own education was B2B, right? And EDI is the backbone of all B2B transportation and commerce in, in, in the country and the world. So when I learned about Orderful, and then the second reason was our, our CEO, Eric, and I learned how this problem like runs through his veins and, and is in his blood. Like He was building these point-to-point integrations for customers before and had the realization like, this is ridiculous. I'm charging people too much for this and it's not repetitive at all. And, and he was you know, he was huge in bringing me over because he built the solution the industry has been asking for for 20 years. Yep. And so you, you alluded to a problem. What is the problem with EDI? <laughs> the problem with EDI. So so at, at a high level, right? It's been around since the 1960s. Oh, I thought it was from the 1800s. That's what I was always told. <laughs> no, but, but not far. I think the airplane was, was was before that. But no, it's it's been around since the 60s, like originally developed by the U.S. Army. And, and it's a really secure way for businesses to send and receive information from each other. The, the problem with it, as opposed to like an API, which anyone can integrate to and, and start communicating and maintain really easily. There is no single source of truth for EDI. So in the United States, a lot of people run on the backbone of X12, which is like the domestic version of EDI, but in Europe, it's at a fact. And then in each of those buckets, the leaders, right, or the people who set requirements, a Walmart and Amazon, a Target, have their own version of EDI. Okay, so, there's, means, so there's when you say no, there's no single source of truth. What you mean is there's, there's no, no standard. standard. There's everybody has their own standard of EDI. And what does EDI do for me? So let's it's, it's, it's yeah. connection, right? It connects one system to another. Communication, right? Communication, and, and and a good example is you know I'm I'm Best Buy. I'm going to do business with with Joe Lynch Incorporated. I'm going to send you a purchase order, you know, and you're going to communicate all of the, you know, we call it scenarios, right? Going back and forth between Best Buy and Joe Lynch Incorporated that goes into that purchase order. So you're updating them on the shipment information. They're eventually, you know, sending payment potentially down the road. So all of that stuff that goes into that relationship is sent over EDI. Right. So, and this is this is where I think I where I have a problem, and I want you to hopefully clarify some things. So, when I hear API, what I've always been told is that's a constant communication; it's back and forth. And then there's EDI, which is the older version, but it's still used many places. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But somebody described it this way: is if I went to a restaurant, I sat down at the table, the waitress came over took my order, walked it back to the cook, gave my my order to the cook, and they started making the food, and then she brought it back. That's an EDI, right? So there's kind of these set milestones. And API would be more like I sat at the counter, and the cook was right there, and when I, we were communicating back and forth. And I'd say, hey, give us some more pancakes. And so that that obviously is more more not necessarily based on milestones, always open. That's what I've always heard. So so API seems, and I and I used to joke about it on my podcast because people would always just say, "Well, we have an API for that." Like it was miracle glue, miracle glue. And I always would say, "I don't understand why we haven't moved everything." Oh, by the way, please explain. I, I gave my very layman's terms about what EDI versus API is. Please elaborate on that first, and then I got another question for you. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about your analogy, but. An API is just another way for businesses to communicate information to and from each other, usually calling like a database, right? So at, at Shippo, it was 
shipping rates, shipping information, rate cards, et cetera, that our customers would call our API to receive. And, and it's the preferred way people do business, right? Because if you've ever met a young person who's learning how to code, usually they're learning JSON, XML, usually, and the rest versions, not SOAP-based. Like you don't really hear people learning about EDI. So are those, those first two things you said, those are use APIs? Those use APIs, exactly, right? And so so uh, why do we still have EDI then? It's because, you know, we were talking about TMS systems, right? The, the person who bought the, the first transportation TMS management system, system, right? Transportation management was, was a hundred million dollar company, right? So oh, yeah, they, 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 you wouldn't buy it unless you had a lot of freight. You wouldn't buy it unless you had mom and pa weren't buying the TMS 30 years ago. Yep. So you have companies like Walmart, like Amazon, like Target that have built their supplier and vendor network around EDI communications. And so we still have it because even an example, um, if Target or if Ford said, we're no longer using EDI for our vendor supplier network, that would only mean that that specific retailer or company is turning off EDI. It would, it would take every company that runs on EDI to stop using it for it to go away. And These, you know, So it, basically, there's, again, put it in my terms just so I hopefully understand this. We use EDI because it's been around for a long time and the people who are using it might have invested quite a bit of their resources into that. So it's legacy systems and somebody says, well, hey, Ford Motor Company or Procter & Gamble or Walmart, just get rid of that old system that you have billions of transactions in and upgrade to this new one and you won't have to have EDI anymore. Well, they say, nah, that's not going to happen overnight or maybe not in the next 10 years, but now I've got a company that has to connect and they, they, so it becomes the supplier's problem to get connected to Walmart or Ford or Procter and Gamble. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's a, it's a decades long and, you know, millions of dollars of tech debt that that's into this. And, and, and so I understand that because, and again, this is a problem we have. I had the guys from JBF consulting on it. We talked about transportation management systems. And they said there was a whole bunch of companies that the biggest companies in the world were the first ones to buy transportation management systems. And they might have been on premise, right? Meaning the the servers out in the hallway or it has a separate room that has to be specially cooled and it has a special team that serves that server like it's a god, right? And then when there was some consolidation in the space, the new the new company says we're not going to support that on-premise system everything anymore. We're going to move everything to the cloud. Well, these were, again, people who bought transportation management systems early and had probably a large company and had, again, a billion transactions in there. So it was not an easy decision to say, yeah, we'll just make that upgrade over the weekend. No, that's enormous investment and and risky. Let's face it, risky. Yep. So that's the reason Orderful exists, right? (laughs) Because... EDI exists and it's going to exist for the foreseeable future. And that's not a bad thing. The bad thing is a lot of people, and I'm going to say supply chain people, logistics people, manufacturing people, retail people, anyone who has trading partners struggle to get that integration. So talk about how long that integration might take in without a tool like Orderful. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's there's really two ways somebody was doing this before before Orderful existed, right? One is on their own. 
that takes anywhere from eight to 12 weeks, right? Per integration. And think about- what, what does that integration actually mean? Is that just coding? Well, it, it's a couple things. So one is, so again, let's use Best Buy and Joe Lynch as the example. So you sign the contract. The first thing you need to get to trade with Best Buy is you need to get their requirements or what Orderful calls guidelines. And it's usually a PDF document. And you need to hand this to your developer, who, by the way, is used to reading XML or-, or He's or used to more the API thing. He's probably in his 20s, 30s, 40s, right? Exactly, right? He or she has to take these, understand them. That's going to take one to two weeks. Find a way to digitize them on your backside. And then actually then begin testing outside of like your source of truth with the retailer or with the actual person who sets the guidelines. Now, that testing isn't like it would be if you used a Stripe, a Twilio, or a Shippo, where you make a call and they return a response right away. No, the testing is sending a screenshot of your code to Best Buy and then them taking a week to two weeks to respond to you and say, this looks right, this looks okay, et cetera. That's how it's being done today. And then, oh, by the way, after they finally approve that partnership, right, to go live with with Best Buy, you then, Joe Lynch Incorporated, have to figure out how to send that information actually to Best Buy, right? So it could be a van. It could be an FTP. When you said van when we were prepping, I was like, I thought you meant drive it. So what is a van? <laughs> I, I, at some point, vans will go away, but but it's just a way that that some retailers, right? Some leaders, some requirement setters want to receive the information from their supplier. Right. So, you know, as opposed to it being HTTP, which is a lot of the ways that APIs communicate, you know, some of the legacy retailers like to prefer van for, for security and other reasons. So these, these are obviously very tech centric things we're talking about, but the, the big challenge to, to to people, most people listening to my podcast are shippers or logistics guys, uh, maybe technology guys who would understand more of this. But when I think about this, is I've been through this where you have to go find a very specialized skill set, and it's not yeah. always on staff. And then you have to pay them to do it first in the. I don't know if it's called this all the time, but like a prototype environment or and in a test it out and then go live at some point. And when it goes live, it better work. Otherwise, you've already lost credibility with your new customer, right? You, you need to find a unicorn, somebody who, who understands code, knows how to maintain infrastructure, but also likes to read and uh, send emails. And that person is few and far between. And that's that, by the way, that's the, I would say that's the easier way, right? To, to, to build these integrations. And that's the faster way. You know, the other historical way is, kind of using some of the legacy providers, you know, not to name names, but but they're publicly traded and we know them and they more act as a professional services arm. And you go to them and you say, excuse me, you know, Mr. Mr. Company, I'd like to add Best Buy as a trading partner. And then it takes them anywhere from two months to a year to build that integration because they're being asked by hundreds of thousands of people every day to add trading partners. And they're going through the same stuff right. you would do on your own. It, it's a funny thing, Jonathan, because when I think about, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just mention some of the people on my podcast lately. Yeah. So I think of my friends over at Turbo. They have a transportation management system. But then when somebody comes up with a, a new, we'll call it the, the new killer app, they just connect to Turbo with a simple API. So if you're using Turbo, you just say, I would like to connect to uh, green screens. And... They, those are modern systems and, and, and they connect pretty 
quickly. So you as a customer, you don't have to go through any six months or $10,000 or $100,000 to do that. It's just they connect and you, you might just say, here's, here's, my, uh, here's my code. I give it to you and now, now it's working. So that's the so when you say trading partners, my thought was that's the way we all connect now, but that's not true when you get to some of these big mainframe systems. Wrong way to say it, legacy systems. Which, by the way, a lot of very large companies are using legacy systems. So you get this, you win the dream customer, the Walmart, the the Costco, the Target. I don't know which what systems they all use, but there's a good chance if they've been around a while, they're using EDI. And then even though it's going to be a great account, you worked hard to get it, it's going to be months before it can go live. It's going to be months before you can go live, and that's, that's months you're not realizing revenue, right, as, as a manufacturer. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, boss, so let's switch gears. I, I know you work for this company, Orderful, and you say you guys solve that problem. So you become that the translator, the connector. I don't know how you guys describe what you guys do, but to me, I look at you guys as the connector that translates from one from EDI language to API language or whatever other wrong way to say it. But uh, you connect those systems without it being months. So talk about how you do it or what you do and then how you do it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll start at the high level and then go into a specific. So you, right, connect to our JSON API once and that is the only real time that you're going to have to have a developer build one of these integrations. From there, it's it's maintained by like a business analyst or somebody just changing a few things on the back end to, to relationships to make them go. But with Orderful, right, you connect once and you have access to any trading partner that you need and any communication channel you need. And we do that, right? So the first thing we do is we take these guidelines, these requirements that we talked about before. So like using Best Buy as that example, and we digitize them. So right now, instead of this existing on a PDF file, it's existing in the cloud. And then we're converting that. So we're converting X12, which the retailer has said, or Best Buy has set into JSON. So it's something your developer can actually read. And then you're making test calls to an actual API. So all of those email back and forth about, hey, does this code look right? Is this coming through on your side? That goes away with orderful because the second we've added that, and that usually takes hours to a day to add that trading partner, you're making real-time API calls against what Best Buy actually told you they need to see, which then means once you've built that, you know, you can send that information to them outside of, outside of orderful. That should be a clean approval process. And we see that reduce onboarding time anywhere from three to five weeks, because again, all of those mistakes are going away with, with our platform. And then finally, when it comes time to actually send those live transactions, if, if Best Buy tells you they need that sent via AS2, or you just select that in our platform. You send the information AS2, you can receive it however which way you want, and you're good to go. It, 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 it's um, so contrast the weeks. How, how long in the, the traditional way? Give me a range, and then give me a range for you guys. Yeah. So for for let's start with us first, right? Because that's that's what is the more controllable. So to add a new trading partner could take anywhere from two hours to at most a day. So getting them getting those guidelines digitized in our platform, then the testing piece, right? Because you're testing against live authenticated guidelines takes usually one to two weeks, two weeks being on the high end. 
a week to go live. So that puts it at, you know, three weeks and then finally setting up the communication channel, which is the click of a button. So for us, you know, we're averaging anywhere from five to 21 days to go live with that trading partner. How it works today, right, is, you know, depending on if it's outsourced or insourced, let's use you're doing it on your own to understand, to digitize, to figure out those guidelines. That's a week for you to do the testing, right, right. before you actually go to the trading partner. That's anywhere from two weeks to a month to get their approval. That's another week to two weeks. And then finally, to, to figure out the, the communication method, that's another, you know, call it one to, to three weeks on your own. Yeah. So it, so you said 80% reduction in, in the time. 80% reduction. How much less does it cost? <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, we, we went through this self-service model, like there's costs throughout that entire flow, right? The, the developer. But the biggest thing is at the end of the day, if we were to do this on our own, and, and Joe Lynch Incorporated had that Best Buy integration live, nothing in that integration is reusable for the next trading partner I have to add. So all of that work I did was a single map, whereas with Orderful, when I connected to that API, the Orderful API once, the next trading partner I add can be added with a business user as opposed to a developer. So, so you guys are probably already connected to Best Buy. So if I became a customer, it's not going to be... There's not going to be, you, you already have their requirements. And as soon as I add mine, if I was already added and I, and I, I was already added because I was doing business with the Costco, you could connect me like that. Exactly. You would, you would just enter, you know, Costco's, you know, ISID, ISA ID. And if we've, if we've traded with them before, we're going to give you their, their guidelines right away. It's only when it's a net new partnership. Right, that, right, that right. It's a- but I, I got to think that, as we go forward, you're going to have more and more of those in your system. So it's just a, hey, don't worry, we're already connected. Yeah, our, our network has grown, I think, 5,000%. We were looking at the math uh, over the past two quarters. So it's it's crazy where it's come. That is, that is crazy. And again, I've been through projects where you know the, there's all this excitement because you won this business. And then the, the uh, sobering reality comes in after you've celebrated the big customer you start looking at what the requirements are and you go, God darn it. <laughs> like, look what we have to go through. And and by the way, sometimes that hasn't been communicated up front. So the people who made the buy, whether they're purchasing and the sales guys, they don't understand. Well, I'm, I think more now than ever before. They they don't recognize the effort required and the, 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 the people required and the money required, the time required to make that work. They just said, we made a deal. Jonathan and Joe shaked hands and said, yes. And now we go back and and the yes is delayed by 10 weeks, a year, whatever it is. <laughs> and, and worse than that, I mentioned the cost. The real cost isn't your programming cost. The fact that I can't do business with Best Buy now for three months or four months or however long it takes. Yep. And, you know, I think one thing that's really important to, to everyone who works at Oracle is kind of, you know, democratizing and leveling the playing field. So there's a huge barrier to entry. And we've described that to be able to trade with Costco. We want to make it so that if, if you connect, right, if you build an orderful integration, it's not, you know, 10,000 discussions internally about whether we can accept this contract. It's a simple yes. We're going to trade with Costco. We're going to grow our revenue as a company. And then we're actually going to start working on a relationship with, you know, Wegmans, right? Or you name the next, you know, b- big retailer because we don't have to worry about how we're going to integrate it. 
Uh, and by the way, I was just at Costco. I love Costco. And I was just at Costco yesterday. And I don't know if you pay attention, but Costco has always new stuff that they're bringing in. And they're trying to be more organic, more healthy stuff, not to have all the, the bad stuff in the ingredients. And so I noticed, like yesterday, I went and I said, oh, they have this mayonnaise, but by Primal Kitchens, which is a smaller company. It's not a Kraft Heinz. It's not a... It's not from a Procter and Gamble, right? It's um, I'm sure they do well because I know I know the brand, but they they pride themselves on organic and all that other stuff. Again, be primal meaning uh, we're going to be cleaner, right? So I buy that, but I keep thinking just what you described there. If you're a smaller brand and you want to work with a Costco or Best Buy or any of these big stores, it's a big win to get in there. But if you can't, if you can't get in, and by the way, that means you're taking, you're adding more technology guys to your, to your business. It means you're probably going back to your, your investors and saying, "Give me more, give me more." If we got, we got a big tech army to feed. Right? <laughs> what you described, uh, you know, we would call Costco a leader. So we've more been talking about when, when you're the supplier trading with Costco, but but you can also use. Orderful's platform when you're a leader and actually make it really, really easy for your suppliers to self-service onboard on their own. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You make it easier to work with you. It makes it easier for, for to work. So when these companies talk about like supplier diversity, you know, making sure we're, we're getting the best products right on their shelves, you can really easily accomplish that with us. You do not want to be limited by the technology. You want to be able to say, we bought this because this is the best product for our store, not because... We're connected to the, the these, you know, a legacy. You know, you think about some old brands that you don't buy anymore, but they've been around forever, and they probably go, oh, "We get a EDI. We we were the, we've been using it for thirty years, but maybe they're maybe they're uh, not 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 the guys you want to work with anymore." Very interesting. So, how do you work with logistics companies? Yeah, yeah. So our our, our bread and butter is logistics, supply chain, and software platforms. So describe how you might work with them. Yeah. So so. Like one of our, our proudest um, examples of success is with NFI. So they're actually the fourth largest 3PL in the United States. They were going through like a, a digital transformation a few years ago and, and moving off of their legacy TMS to a new one. And they were researching like new ways to do EDI. And they were doing it in-house before. And when we talked about that in-house flow, on average, it was taking them 10 weeks to onboard a new trading partner. So per trading partner, it was 10 weeks. With Orderful's uh, API, they've been able to reduce that to, to five days or less, right? And so, and those trading partners are typically shippers, right? Could be shippers, it could be merchants, it could be anyone, right? It, as, as you can imagine, the flow right, of things right, right. that come from a three PL. But you know, going from from ten weeks to five days, like it, it's it's an incredible change for their business. Oh yeah, and by the way, there's you mentioned uh, earlier the, the the lag between. I sold it to the time I'm making money. Yeah. People measure that now. I mean, that's always been a concern, but now it's now we're measuring it because you sold it you sold it in the third quarter, but it doesn't go live until the new year. That's not that's not that's not gonna help your paycheck. It's not gonna help the uh help the company make more money this year. And that's a shame. Exactly. Exactly. Well, anyway, let's um Switch gears for just a sec. How how do you guys make money? How do you how do you guys engage with the market? Yeah, so hi historically, <laughs> I think that EDI pricing has been as difficult to understand as like AWS uh, 
pricing, right? Like you kind of really need to know it. So for us, we make it really simple. We have two real charges in our product. One is a platform fee, right? So the actual access to Orderful and the other is a per trading partner fee. And and it's really, really clean. We, we don't charge you based on the number of API calls you make or the number of transaction or document types you send. It's just those two things, right? Which is access to Orderful and the number of trading partners. You have. So this is a software as a service? This is software as a service. Like we've, we've solved the EDI problem, right? Through, through software, this, this decades long, like pain that people have been feeling. So do you work with software companies like transportation management systems or warehouse management systems or ERP systems? Yep. Yep. So that's, that's another the piece of our business that, that actually I'm spearheading, right? It, it's kind of becoming EDI infrastructure for other technology companies. So Emerge, Flock Freight, right? These TMSs have built their EDI solutions on our rails. Well, I've had those guys on my podcast. Uh, I'm hoping to have them both on soon again. Yep. And then similar for, for our smaller customers that we have, we, we, we recommend partners like um, Ricardo or Celigo, like your traditional iPasses that make it easy for a small business to just start using Orderful within hours or days. Now, I, 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 you've lost me on that last piece there. What were you talking about with those? <laughs> Oh, those that work, and Saligo, they're, they're known as like iPass companies. So, so they basically make it easy for their customers to communicate with API. So, so they've built integrations to orderful. So that's not something that their customers have to do. All so they they're connecting do, the connector. They're connecting the connector. <laughs> well, you guys, you techies just make it very interesting for the rest of us. You so you just like us to look bewildered. That's what that's what it's all about. <laughs> but, but but um, this really I mean, what you're described to to me really does simplify. And again, you know, we talked about the title the modern approach to EDI. I think most of us who are not you know day to day technical, it's it's always this lurking suspicion in the back of our mind that we're going to stumble when we get to the integration of this new new customer and it, and we're not wrong it happens and you described it and i love the idea that you can connect so you're working with software companies so at some point you could go to a company like an, an emerge or others that and say they already have it so if i start if i if i go there they're already connected so you don't have to even, I don't even have to. So in a lot of ways, there's customers who are already being, have their life made easy because you're working with the software companies. Exactly. We have hundreds of thousands of customers that they don't even know they're they're using Orderful on the back end. But it, it's my belief that for these software providers, EDI is a merchant service that their customers expect them to have. And that that's when we add the most value, in my opinion, is when that company is building their EDI solution on our our infrastructure. Very nice. Very nice. So Jonathan, let's wrap this bad boy up. So we talked, we talked about what is EDI and really what it's a system that's not going away anytime soon. And the reason it's not going away is we have these legacy, legacy users and they tend to be very large users and it's, it does work. EDI does work. There's There's a reason we stuck with it. Now we keep hearing about API and, and there was a minute where I kept thinking, oh, does API replace EDI? Not so much, right? Not not anytime soon because the big, big companies are still using EDI and they're communicating with their partners that way. The problem with EDI, and again, this is my words, not yours, is this connection between systems, adding a trading partner can take 
a lot of money and a lot of time, months, even a year, uh, and a lot of cash to go with it. And meanwhile, you're losing sales every step of the way. Every day that you don't, every day that you don't work with your customer because you're working on tech, you lose money. And so you guys came in and you have this system that just is the whole goal is we're going to, we're going to allow trading partners to connect very quickly for a small price. <laughs> I love it. So final thoughts. Yeah. I think after the, after that summary, uh, <laughs> expanding the, the, the BD team at Orderful, I, I might look to, to bring you on. No, I, I think you, you summarize it well, right? I, you know, our North star, our Twilio and Stripe, right? So we want you right as a company to connect to orderful once and you have solved edi moving forward so maybe you need a, a business user to to make a few changes here and there but that initial integration we believe should just be to our json schema and yeah from there you can you can start trading with whoever you want yeah you uh you mentioned twilio and stripe so i i'm familiar with stripe and i i not use twilio but describe how you guys are like stripe yeah so if i'm uh if i'm a first off describe what stripe does first so people who don't know will figure that out yeah uh i won't be as good of a a salesperson for stripe as you were for orderful but they're they're a payment api so if i'm an e-commerce company or a commerce company and i want to send receive payments um, i integrate their api so that i can accept payment in the united states and canada and all the countries all the credit cards and from all the banks So I don't need to integrate to Visa, to MasterCard. And, and a million banks. <laughs> a million banks, right? They, they do that for me. They, they've, they've kind of democratized the payment industry. Which is great because, by the way, we wouldn't have e-commerce if we didn't have companies like that. And we have had older systems. But these guys made it real simple. And I can, I can virtually any of us today could say, I would like to receive payment by Stripe. And it's pretty easy to just set up, right? Exactly. And so, again, you know, how we want to be like them is as opposed to going back to the Best Buy, Joe Lynch Incorporated example, as opposed to after you've built that integration, you only have that that one, right, that one payload for that one integration partner. We want it so that when you build to Orderful, you can add, pay, uh, you know, Best Buy, Costco, Walmart via the same connection. Right. And so it's it's a beautiful superset that you can build and maintain as opposed to needing all of this other stuff and, and time and resources and people who don't want to do this. That's that's absolutely fantastic. I love what you're doing. And again, I, I, I look forward to the day where uh, us non techies can make a sale <laughs> and say, don't worry about it. We're connected. We, we connect to people like that. We're using we're using Orderful or somebody or software that uses Orderful. It's been going on, I think, my whole career. My whole career I've heard about EDI connections. And, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with EDI. It's just the fact that it that it doesn't have a standard that makes it easy to add trading partners. Yep. And, and for us, like, I always tell people, and not to push this too hard, but reach out to me, right? Reach out to, to Eric. Reach out to our, our team at Orderful. You know, let us show you the, the platform and let us go through the API with you. Um, you know, there's not a person who we've gone through that with that hasn't immediately asked two questions. One is, is this real? And the second is, why has no one done this before? Because I go back to the to the same thing I said, like, 
uh, orderful. Like we, you know, myself being here only a few months, we've built the solution the market's been asking for for 20 years and can't wait to continue to, to show people. Yep. Well, to that end, what we'll do is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile. I'll put a link to, to orderful, which is order and then ful.com. And I'll put a link to uh, orderful and anything you and your marketing people give me, I'll put in the show notes so people can reach out and talk to you. And we were talking about before we hit record, we were talking about conferences and I, you said you're going to manifest. I will see you there. We, we've been friends for years, but we do not, uh, we do not meet on the opposite sides of the country. Even though you came halfway to Michigan, you're not all the way here. You're just in Denver. But I will see you at Manifest. And uh, what other conferences do you guys attend? Yeah, so we'll be at NRF, uh, the, the big show in, in Manhattan in January as well. And then just throughout the year, when, when they make sense, we'll be popping up. We might not always have a, a booth, but you'll probably see myself or, or the team that are walking the floor. So Feel free to come up to us. Um, so we, will you have a booth at Manifest or are you just going to walk the floors? Yeah, we're, we're actually going to be one of the sponsors there. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing you and I look forward to seeing your booth at Manifest. And by the way, Manifest is in January and it's in Vegas. And if you're, li- if, if you're like from upstate New York, where Jonathan used to live or in Michigan, it is cold in this area, Vegas less cold. <laughs> I know my friend Blythe said, Vegas can be cold in January. I was like, nah, that's, she's from Florida. See, that's, the, <laughs> that's for the rest of us, that's a, a welcome vacation. And um, I talked to a lot of people about conferences and I've heard nothing but good things about Manifest. Last year was the first year and people loved it. Yep. Beyond excited to go and, and excited to, to meet you in person. Yep. Well, Jonathan, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and congratulations joining Orderful. It just seems like it's, it's, I don't know how this can't be successful. (laughs) And thank all of you for being on my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.